At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to NBC Sports Radio. Sports Radio. Weekends. This is the Two Robbies Football Show. Your number one source for Premier League football on NBC Sports Radio. Now, your hosts, Robbie Musto and Robbie Earl. Robbie Earl. Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies Football Show here on NBC Sports Radio with me, Robbie Musto, and him, Robbie. Oh. Oh, Robbie O's not here. He's <laughs> taking a day off, everybody. Uh, I think he's at some kind of conference or something somewhere. Maybe in Las Vegas, uh, lucky guy. Uh, but I have our good friend and colleague Arlo White to stand in. So thanks very much for coming into the Two Robbies Football Show. Absolute pleasure. What goes in Vegas stays in Vegas for <laughs> Earl. I just think of me as the ginger Robbie Earl. There you go. Perfect. Uh, a little later in the show, we're going to grade all the managers of the teams that are in relegation peril. Um, we're certainly going to talk Everton's travails with Sam Allardyce and how things are going so well at Liverpool. But as we've got you here, mate, mm. I'm interested. Um, we've got some questions from viewers as well that we'll get to. But, of course, you're standing at the moment in uh, in our uh, studio here in Stanford, Connecticut, for Arlo, uh, for Rebecca Lowe, who's been away. Um, what's it like to host the show and and what's it like to sit in Rebecca's chair? Well, for a start, they are big shoes to fill, <laughs> metaphorically, because Rebecca is the face of what we do and is magnificent at her job and did a, a brilliant job for NBC Sports out in uh, Pyeongchang mm. for the yeah. Olympic Games. And we were all, all rooting for her as well. Yeah, we're proud we? of her. Yeah, very, very proud of her. Daytime host, you know, that's big time. Mm. And she'll be back next weekend as well. But, you know, for me to come over here and do four weekends with a little week off in between back with the family... Um, uh, staying in New York City as well, which yeah. is, you know, that that's like a dream come true. Very exciting. But for me to come across and and mix with you guys and see more of you and see how how you work. And I've done it once before when mm. Rebecca was away on maternity leave. So I've got a bit of a sense of, of what it's like. Um, but seeing you watch the games, seeing you put a breakfast order in is a, is a lesson <laughs> in itself. But also mixing with the guys behind the scenes that, that yeah. myself, Lee Dixon and Graham so don't get to see mm. because there's a huge ocean between us. So from that perspective, it's brilliant to, to be part of the core team. I tell you what, I'm sure you'll uh, agree here. The, the shows are quick, aren't they? Just just give the give the listeners a little bit of a sense of of how fast paced. And, and all those games mm. going on in that uh, 10 o'clock window on Saturdays is difficult, isn't 10 it? 10 o'clock in particular. It, you know, it starts at 3 a.m. with the alarm. That's a shock to the system when you're used <laughs> to getting up about 9 o'clock on a, on a match day. Um, but, yeah, you get into that first game and, and things are quite relaxed. And then all of a sudden you're getting team news, Robbie, aren't you, from the 10 a.m. kickoff. Oh, so as soon as the yeah. early game, the 7.30 Eastern game, finishes, you, you've then got what we call the bridge show. And you're getting around as many grounds as you can and giving as much team information as you can from as many as five or six games that are all kicking off simultaneously at 10 o'clock. So although it's busy, it flies by yeah. and your adrenaline is, is yeah. coursing, isn't it? it it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's a thrill to do it. Before we get to the uh, the questions from for some of our, uh, I guess, fans out there on social media. i got to ask you about Lee Dixon and Graham. So, <laughs> I, I giggle. We, we all giggle in the studio with some of the commentaries. What's it like with them and how are they different? Brilliant, brilliant guys. Just like you, Earl, Kai Martino, who we welcome back, of course, mm. after his uh, hiatus. L Lee and Graham couldn't be more different, mm. um, but they're like peas in a pod now. I mean, they used to 
kick lumps out of each other during their careers. You know, Graham was seen as this intelligent, uh, slightly aloof character in the dressing room, if you like, and it's something that he, he can tell you at length about. Lee, very much one of the boys, you know, but a bright guy as well. Yeah. Uh, so the two of them have different approaches to life. But actually, you know, they get on like, like houses on fire. And just like you guys over here, they put the work in. Yeah. And they, they've been just like you. They've been there, seen it, done it. And uh, just to work with them, they're funny. They read the game brilliantly and just terrific to work yeah, with. Yeah, I, I love it. Listen, uh, let's get to a couple of questions here. Uh, Ryan Fletcher tweets us to say a question for you. How much time and work do you put into your preparation of calling a Premier League match? Well, I'd say because we normally do two games a, a weekend, Ryan, th- there's 100 players, basically, that you've got yeah. to update the information on. And I like to do that because we like to tell the story. So that process will begin maybe maybe Tuesday, um, mm. Wednesday, Thursday. We have conference calls as well, don't we, on, on Thursday night. Mm. And then I'm pretty much ready for the weekend. So the process for a, for a Saturday-Sunday doubleheader would start on Tuesday. And Edward, sorry, I haven't got more detail here, but Edward tweets the question... Best match day atmosphere. When it's rocking, and it has been recently, when they beat particularly Manchester City 4-3, Anfield is spectacular. You'll never walk alone before yeah. the game is amazing. I mean, you've stood out on a field when that, yeah. that's going on. United at Old Trafford, when they're playing really well, we haven't necessarily seen a lot of that yeah. recently, but there's been odd games when they bang the goals in and it's great. I haven't been to Huddersfield. That looks fantastic. I look forward to going there. Newcastle when they're doing well. And I look forward to sampling Spurs in the new stadium mm. next season. So, you talked about Anfield. Let's get to their game today. 2-0 against Newcastle United. Again, goals from those wide players, Salah and Sadio Mane from the far side. Um, Just the improvement with the defending players that they've added and that front three is is pretty special. What's your kind of opinion? Because, of course, we get get your, you know, what's happening in the games. I'm interested to, to... to see what you think about how this team has developed under Klopp and how they play today. I, I feared for them when Coutinho left mm. because they were fighting tooth and nail, Robbie, weren't they, to keep him. And in the end, his desire to go to Barcelona and the size of the cheque that Barcelona wrote made it a no-brainer yeah. in the end. But to lose in mid-season, that was a blow. I expected that to hurt them. And actually, the opposite has happened. They've been terrific. They've been more consistent. They beat Manchester City 4-3, then frustratingly went to Swansea and lost. But those front three now yeah. are in such a great groove. And actually, Jurgen Klopp, I thought, was very interesting in his press conference when he says, you know what, now we're more unpredictable without Coutinho. Because when we wanted to break down a deep-lying defence before, we give him the ball and see if he can make something happen. And it became too predictable. Now you don't know what's happening. And some of those, well, both goals today were yeah. terrific. Yeah. And they came from different sources, didn't they? Yeah, they did. And, and I thought some of the football today was stunning. I think there's a patience about them now with the confidence that they've got from from, from weeks and weeks of scoring goals. I, I, again, I'm going to say about defence because Virgil van Dijk, though not outstanding, is is made them better. And also Andrew Robertson has made them better. Players that are not making mistakes now. Loris Karras made a big save big today, save. Arlo. So I, I think it looks good. I mean, when you look at the team going forward, Arlo, um, they're not going to win the title this year, but it, I get the sense that they are building very nicely for a potential title challenge next season. We know it's very difficult to repeat as champions. And, you know, if they can get early momentum next season, you know, they could have a run up, couldn't they? I think they could. I thought they would do this season, but Manchester City under Pep Guardiola have been phenomenal and they will only be stronger in theory, Rob, next year, won't they? So you've got this this Pep Guardiola size problem. Mm, so does yeah. so does the rest of the Premier League. But Naby Keita is coming. We'll see if Emre Chan stays. Maybe there's a number nine uh, signing at some point. I'm not entirely sure. Maybe a centre-back to go alongside Virgil van Dijk. But there's no reason, particularly with this Keita sign, 
signing. Uh, he's already done and dusted. He's arriving next season. I think he's going to be a top player for Liverpool. They should definitely be top four next season. But yeah. let's see if they can get a bit closer to City. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I tweeted out to the Liverpool fans today from our um, Out the Two Robbies NBC Twitter page. Um, I want to hear from Liverpool fans. What do you think the next improvements needed to bring home a Premier League title next season. And Cody Cinemo tweets us back to say, a top goalkeeper, a midfielder, and some depth up front will be nice. We are close, but we have been lucky with injuries. Need depth so we can compete on all fronts next season. Uh, way out west, eight tweets us to say, simply, a six-foot-two striker. There you go. Nora Hassan, more depth. She says, added midfielders, especially if Chan goes, of course, Emre Chan's contract runs out at the end of the season. He's yet to sign a new one he could leave on a free. Uh, she adds a keeper, another centre-back and a winger-stroke uh, striker to give us a, the front three a break. That's a good point. Mike Maguire, a true number nine to have a legitimate alternative to Firmino uh, when needed. An upgrade at goalkeeper, so Karius and uh, Mignolet yeah. maybe not, not getting the most confidence uh, from the fans. And he says maybe another centre-back as well. But that point about a true number nine as an alternative for me know is, is an interesting one. Me and Robbie O last weekend, Arlo, we talked about the midfield three of Liverpool and there's a lot of options there and we asked uh, again our, our um, uh, viewers out there and listeners out there who they thought was the best three. Now today we saw which I think I said would be my, my best three right now, Henderson, Chan and Oxay chamberlain First of all, do you think there's a, a better three right now? And also Oxlade-Chamberlain involved mm. again today. Mm. He certainly offers something different uh, from the other midfield players in there, created the first goal today. What do you think about that midfield three? Can it get better? We know it's going to change next year with Naby Keita, but this season, who's your favourite three now? I, I think he's pretty much close to it now. I mean, Wijnaldum hasn't hasn't let anybody down. He's on the outside looking in at the moment. He's been ill of late, hasn't he? Adam Lallana, uh, his season has almost written off with this terrible thigh injury that he had. He's kept him out for a long time. You know, he could perhaps give one of the front three a break at some stage, uh, but he has played uh, a lot deeper, hasn't he, in, uh, in certain uh, 11 sent out by, by Jurgen Klopp. I, I think Ox is a revelation. I think his breakthrough game was against Manchester City. Yeah, it was, wasn't that 4-3 was terrific. Mm -hmm. And if I was an Arsenal fan, it's an indictment yeah. on the situation under Arsene Wenger at Arsenal that a player that wanted to better his, himself, be better coached, further his career, felt that he needed to go. And I think Liverpool are going to see the benefits of that. You know what? What, what, do, you, what do you think, Rob? Well, yeah, I think I agree with you with the Arsenal thing and what he's doing now. I mean, with a manager that's nurturing him, that's educating him, that's putting him in a position that he absolutely loves. And I, I was never sure about Oxley Chamberlain being a central midfield player. But when you're playing alongside Jordan Henderson and Emre Chan, like today, it's okay to get forward. It's okay not to be really great defensive-minded-wise. Um, so I think that balance works really well. Mo Salah again today was... Incredible. 24 goals, Premier League goals and 28 Premier League appearances. Is he going to be the player of the season? I think it's a three-horse race Three? at the moment. At the moment. And I think two of them, it's not going to make Jose Mourinho very happy because Salah's one of them. Mm. Kevin De Bruyne at Manchester City is another one. Harry Kane is is the third. Maybe you could add a David Silva, a Leroy Sane to that. You know, we've got to fill that with Manchester City players. They've been absolutely fantastic. I, I, I just fear... On the horizon, and Liverpool fans might be thinking this as well, is Mo Salah going to be the next guy that a Barcelona or Real Madrid mm. come after? Because to have this level of success and to dominate like this, what's he got, 32 goals already? I mean, yeah, there's, there's yeah. lots yeah. of games left in the Champions League, potentially, and, and the Premier League as well. Uh, but he'd definitely be in my top three at the moment. Yeah. I think when, just finally on Liverpool now, Arlo, um, 
the way they're playing right now, I think they're the second best team in the league. Are they, and I think they will, that's my answer. Do you think they're going to finish second? Are they going to prove themselves over the remaining nine games that they're, they're better than United? I think they will. I think uh, next week is pivotal at Old Trafford. I'll be there, actually, my first weekend back on the gantry. Manchester United against Liverpool. What an opportunity for Jurgen Klopp wow. to go to Old Trafford and delight the Liverpool fans with a performance against a United side that have underwhelmed. I think, actually, Tottenham are the third best team in the mm. country at the moment and yeah. arguably United the fourth best. We'll get to Newcastle United later in the show when we, when we grade each manager, but we'll be back in a minute. We're going to talk Everton, not so good at their football club at the moment, with Sam Allardyce under real pressure. So we'll be back after this break. We're back. Oh, and don't just fake listen, because we know. Welcome back to Two Robbie's Football Show here on NBC Sports Radio. Now, it was a good day for Liverpool, but it was a bad day for Sam Allardyce's Everton. They lost at Turf Moor 2-1. Uh, the final whistle, there was certainly booze to be heard from those Everton fans. Uh, Big Sam was asked about it afterwards. Here's what he said to the fans' reaction. We heard the fans at the end. Do you feel like they feel when you see a second half like that? They, they won't believe this, but I feel worse than them because it's my responsibility. So uh, I go um, home and say to myself, and I've been for a while, like, how do I put this right and then set out a plan and, and do the best for the, that week's training to show the players what they've got to do against uh, each team they come across. Big Sam Allardyce speaking earlier. This is uh, the game that got things underway on our show, Premier League Live, Robbie. And they were 1-0 up at half-time, Everton, and then slumped to a 2-1 defeat. How damaging do you think this defeat is for Sam Allardyce? Bearing in mind, he wants to carry on next season. He wants to carry on, and he said it himself, that if he doesn't win football matches, he won't be at the club no matter what length of contract he's signed. It was damaging last weekend. I remember talking about the, the performance at Watford. In the second half, I expected Everton to improve. They didn't. Watford did and, and ended up winning the match. And this was kind of similar. They have a reasonable start. They go ahead. And then there was no real, well, not enough quality to control the game and say, you know what, we're winning here. Let's control it. Let's get on the ball and let's try and get another goal. It was all about defending again, playing on a counter-attack and a defence that doesn't look strong and secure with Ashley Williams and Michael Keane not playing well today. And then it all came back in the second half uh, <coughs> Excuse me, and uh, they ended up losing the game. So the fans' reaction is strong. The fans' um, thoughts of Sam Allardyce seems to me over overwhelming that they don't think he's going to be the right guy. So today was pretty damaging. Does, does it help him when he says things like, bearing in mind he hasn't been at the club very long, that it hurts me more than it hurts the fans? Does that antagonise a group of fans that already are hardly yeah. head over heels in love with Big Sam? Yeah, I think so. Because I, I'm, I'm not sure. When you, when you listen to him and you see him in press conferences and even on the sideline, he does have this very laid-back demeanour, Arlo, as if like you know what, I've got this, I'm in control, I, I'm, I'm the man for this club, it's a big opportunity for me, it's the best club or potential that I, can have, I had in club football. So when he says that, I, I, don't, I don't think the fans will think that's genuine. I, I think he is under pressure, I think he's struggling to get um, what he wants out of this team. Of course the question is, you know, is it, is it or Sam's fault or is this squad of players just not very good? And then we go back to the transfer business. I mean, what do you, do you think that 
it's all Sam's fault. Or I mean, other managers struggle with this. Kuman obviously struggled as well with them. Yeah, he did. I don't think it's all Sam's fault. And I think actually Everton were in major trouble when he took over. Mm. They were in free fall. Um, they got that one win, didn't they, um, under the caretaker manager just before uh, Sam yeah. was brought in. Yeah. Uh, David Unsworth, uh, that big win over West Ham United. But I think the finger is going to start pointing here at Steve Walsh. Now, I'm from the city of Leicester, and I think there might be a statue to Steve Walsh one day for helping to put together mm. the team that won the title of 5,000 to 1, you know, scouting the likes of Vardy, Mares, and Golo Kante. So he, he came with a big reputation. But when we look at Farhad Mashiri and his, his outlay, yes, they got a lot of money in for, for Romelu Lukaku. But in terms of spend, I think it was the fifth most in European football last summer. And it's not a balanced squad. No. He's had some hits and some major misses. Pickford, yeah, good, but still young. Michael Keane hasn't really today. done it. Had yeah. a bad game today. Yeah, when he went back to Turf Moor as well. You know, David Klassen, we've, we've hardly seen him. Uh, Gilfie Sigurdsson, they paid an awful lot of money for him. They, they signed three number 10s and, and not really a number nine. Sandro Ramirez was the guy they got in. They mm. sent him out straight away. Yes, Cenk mm. Tosin got his first goal today, but I, I do think that the finger will start being pointed at, uh, at Steve Walsh at some point. Let me ask you this. As a former... Uh, captain in the Premier League, when you see your captain, Ashley Williams in this case, flailing an elbow out in the last minute and getting a red card, what are you thinking if you're his teammate and his manager? It's irresponsible. We, we, we saw his frustration before that. He let the marker go. A big Chris Wood, wasn't it, at the set piece? That he didn't do a very good job defending him for that. Um, you saw the frustration there. And, and that's just not what you want from, from any player in a difficult situation. In some ways, that's the easiest thing to do, Arlo, is mm. just to, to react and kind of give it the big man. And, and, and he knows he's not going to get away with that flailing arm into the face of the opponent player. He's going to be out now for at least three games. I'm not sure whether he's had a suspension already. Um, that's not helping his team. So, so all in all, it's just, it's just looking like he isn't going to stay on. Um, and they'll try and shake the club up in the summer. So Big Sam, not the manager next season for Everton? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. And, I, and you know what? I don't, I don't necessarily think it's all his fault, but the Everton fans, they needed to see something positive, Arlo, in terms of performance and results, and you're not seeing it right now. And they don't have a bond with him, it doesn't feel like. Uh, Burnley, let's not ignore yeah. them. They've gone 11 without a win. Because of their start, they were still in seventh. Now, if, if different things happen between now and the end of the season in the cup competitions, seventh is likely to qualify for the Europa League. I mean, it, as if Sean Dyche hadn't done a good enough job already, yeah. Yeah. Burnley in seventh. Are they getting enough, uh, enough credit at the moment? They're probably not. I mean... Uh, <sighs> I've given them credit and I've admitted that I thought they'd struggle this year. You know, I think me, me, we've got a bet going, me and Robbie Earl. Like, which is the worst of our predictions? Because I think he predicted Watford going down <laughs> and I predicted Burnley going down. Of course, I'm losing that bet at the moment. Um, but it's stunning the job that he's done there. European football for Burnley is amazing. And they're a hard team to play. The conference, they haven't got a result for a long time. But today, you know they're going to keep plugging away. They're going to keep trying. They're going to keep eating away at you. And they got the deserved victory today. So it, it really is a great story. Uh, Sean Dyche is what he's done now. Uh, and amazing uh, what he's doing at the moment. Now, whether Watford are going to get the other side of him uh, by the end of the season, I hope so, to win some money off of Robbie Earl. But, but I, I really don't know. It's, uh, it's remarkable. Those two teams and, and a brilliant win for Sean Dyche's men today. OK, after the break, we're going to grade all the managers of the teams in the relegation zone and what they can do to help their teams. You're listening to the Two Robbies Football Show here on NBC Sports Radio. We'll be back in a moment.
pitch. It's the Two Robbies Football Show. NBC Sports Radio and NBCSportsRadio.com. Listen 24-7 online or with the app because every day is game day. Welcome back to the Two Robbies Football Show on NBC Sports Radio. Arlo White here in for Robbie Earl alongside Robbie Musto. Now, the relegation situation is so incredibly tight. Three points between 13th place and the bottom three. Remember, the bottom three go down out of the Premier League at the end of the season and into the Championship. Robbie, it's school report time. Yes. Let's grade all the managers from 13th yeah, down. Yeah, so let's do that. So why don't we start with you on 13th at a Swans City right now. What's your grade and why for Carlos Cavalier? Love him, Rob. <laughs> what A are you giving him? Plus. Yeah. And firstly, I'd like to see Carvalhiel and Kyle Martino in an analogy oh, off yeah. straight away because <laughs> his post-match interviews are superb. I think he's done an amazing job. I, I thought Swansea, Rob, were down this season. So did I. I just didn't see their, 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 their recruitment in the summer, them losing Sigurdsson. I thought it was woeful. They're weaker than they were last season and they just managed to save themselves towards the end of the season there. Mm. And then along comes Carlos Carvalhal. He'd only just been sacked a couple of days earlier by Sheffield Wednesday, yeah. one of your old clubs in the championship, but he had got them to the playoffs twice. Not an easy job there at Hillsborough but it all, all went wrong for them and I just thought well here's another retread it's not going to work I wrote him off Arla okay. I said it was a nothing appointment yeah. totally Com- proved me wrong completely wrong I think all of us were they've lost mm. 2 out of 15 in all competitions mm. they've won 7 straight at home he has an infectious personality he took the blame for the Brighton match they're not safe Rob but A plus from me yeah. what about uh, Huddersfield Town now that's going to be mine a little bit later yeah. on isn't it it's West Ham who they beat today mm. so what about David Moyes B minus so, of course, an initial good move from Moyes. He made them tighter defensively. Um, Marco Anautovic playing up front with Chicharito, as they did today, for the most part, has been successful. But on, on 30 points, they are not safe. And you just worry about a team. And, and again, I've been there a few times, unfortunately, and it is about momentum. And these shifts can be very powerful. And when you think you're okay, and when you think you've had a run, you're going to be you're going to avoid relegation quite comfortably, you take... 5% less effort, which an old manager used to tell me, Arlo, meant 50% less effective. And I think that's what you're seeing now from them. I mean, it worries me when I look at the team, and it's not a bad side that played today against Swansea City. Coyote, Lanzini, Anatovic, Chicharito. You've got Ever experience, you've got Zabaleta's experience. So, yeah, B- minus for David Moyes. They have got work to do. Okay, next up for you is Huddersfield Town, mm. David Wagner. Beaten today at Spurs, but that was ex- expected. I'm going B- minus. For David Wagner. Now remember, Huddersfield Town, first top flight season since 1971, promoted through the playoffs with a negative goal difference. They got here on penalty kicks at Wembley. They spent a bit of money uh, relative to their usual budget. It was a lot of money. They had a great start. The John Smith Stadium was rocking. It was always going to be a long, hard winter. Two wins recently, very good wins. They've helped. They've got a great chance of staying up. And for that, with that squad in that scenario, I give David Wagner a B minus. Uh, further north, northeast, Tyneside, Newcastle United. Uh, Robbie, what about Rafa Benitez? Well, again, it's important to say this is for the manager and how he's doing at the club. I'm giving Rafa Benitez a B plus, Arlo, because now that doesn't necessarily kind of correlate with their chance of getting relegated but given his squad given the situation given how, how hard it is up there in the northeast of that football club he's doing well with a team that really is pretty much a, a championship side so B plus for Rafa Benitez difficult match today against Liverpool I mean just outclassed 
not competitive, try to be defensive, try to game plan with five across the back. But Liverpool were really good today. But he's a brilliant manager, of course, a, a, a tremendous manager for Liverpool. B-plus for Rafa Benitez. Next up for you, my friend, Southampton Football Club, Maurizio Pellegrino. The exact opposite to Rafa Benitez. I think he has the players mm. and they just haven't performed. They're in huge trouble. D minus for Maurizio Pellegrino. I can't go any lower, Robbie. And and I like your idea on the show today, Premier League Live on NBCSN. Marco Silva, mm, really out of amazing. a job at the moment. You know, the talk was he was going to go to Everton. Uh, they came in for him, you know, and it put him off his stride at Watford. Eventually, he gets sacked by Watford. Everton may yet come back for him in the summer to replace Big Sam, who we've discussed. But I think Marco Silva, who has that experience of coming into a side late on in the season, mm. Hull City were absolute no-hopers last season. And he almost, he almost kept them up. And now is the time to act. Are they too good to go down that old cliche? Well, no. One no. win in 16. Yeah. They haven't won since November the 26th. They've got Newcastle away at the weekend. It's an absolutely huge game uh, for Southampton. And for that, with the players that he's got, even though they've sold so much talent down the years, mm. Maurizio Pellegrino, for me, gets a D-. And I think he'll be very fortunate to still have a job by this time next week. Absolutely. All right, then. Shifting on. Further down the league, uh, Crystal Palace, mm. Roy Hodgson. B. B for Roy Hodgson. Again, kind of, you know, a, they're in banging trouble. Uh, I talked about momentum. Momentum now is against them. We know that Wilfred Zaha is going to be injured for the next four or five weeks. But he's a good manager. And he's proven uh, that he's a good manager. But it's really hard. This league is, is really difficult. And Palace have struggled over recent managers, over recent seasons in some ways, uh, to avoid relegation. It was a really good hire. It looked like a few weeks ago. And this is kind of typical of the season, Arlo, where you, you can be a little bit knee-jerk. Like, well, you know what? Palace have a couple of victories. Oh, they're they're in mid-table now. They're going to be fine. Well, until you get 38, 39, 40 points, you are not safe. And with their games coming up, of course, they got on Monday, they're at home against Manchester United. They got very difficult games with their best player out injured. Um, so they're banging trouble, but the manager gets a B for me. You next up, what are we on to now? We're on to Stoke City in 19th place. A new manager that came in, Paul Lambert. So he's only recently got the job. He's only been in charge for six games. Mark Hughes was there for a long, long time. They are an established Premier League club who are in massive trouble. He's only won one in his uh, first six games. And for that reason, I'm only giving him a C plus. But they have drawn four of them. So they bit have got some points. A little okay. bit harsh. Okay, they are taking points. I'll, I'll mm. give you that. What I'm impressed with with Paul Lambert is, and I think he looked at his own demeanour, uh, particularly in the closing stages of his reign at Aston Villa, where he was on a hiding to nothing anyway. That club were heading down after years of mismanagement. But he cut a very dour figure in press conferences in the technical area on the sideline. And I think he's trying to be positive. Definitely. He's saying, I'm, I don't fear anyone. We, did, yeah. we go there with no trepidation. He made an attacking sub today, away from home in a six-pointer. Crouch on, Staffelid is off. They've got Manchester City in their next match. Uh, it's a tough one, but they're only one point from safety. I still think they've got a chance, and for that right now, I'll give them a C plus. Okay, so that leaves me with the team that's at the bottom. It's West Bromwich Albion and the manager Alan Pardew again. Another one of those teams that change their manager. His grade is a C. Again, they're 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 doomed. They're going down. But it, it, for me, he doesn't deserve a D because this is a poor squad. Um, it was it was doing really poorly under Tony Pulis. 
they made the change and he's just had no impact, Arlo. He's had no impact. And I think it was a bit of a weird Gets a C for no impact. Not a <laughs> yeah. single bit of impact. C. I know. Well, I, I, I think it's a really difficult job. I, I think that the, the squad... Um, that the squad is not a good squad and he struggled and they're going to go down. Now, let's just so in terms of summary here, the bet, the top three, what are the top three in terms of, 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 of what we got here? We've, we've got Carlos Cavalier. Num- starting with number three. Who's yeah. in third? I don't know. Who's in third? Roy Hodgson. Roy Hodgson's in third. So, so let's just kind of summarise. Is that going to be enough to keep him up? It's going to be tough. Without Wilfred Zaha, they haven't won a game. Only scored one goal, and he's been out for for eight matches. They've got big six clubs in three of their next four games. It's going to be extremely difficult, but I think Palace will just have enough. Second place, Rafa Benitez. Rafa Benitez, yeah. So again, I I think this is a little bit like uh, Crystal Palace. I believe in the guy, Arlo, and I know it's a weak squad, and I know there's been very little money spent on it, but I believe in him. And at B plus in my grade, I think that's going to be enough to get him out of trouble. The last one in first place best grade is Carlos Cavalio on an A plus does that mean Arlo White that he keeps him from relegation I think he I think they do I think there's a, a buoyancy about Swansea at the moment playing with so much confidence Andre are you back he looked in combative form today look they've got to go to Huddersfield next week that's a tough one then to Manchester United and then it's at West Brom they can get they can get some points on the board and if he were to keep Swansea up that's a magnificent achievement be fantastic absolutely fantastic and and we will see just very uh Difficult end of the season to all of them. It's going to be as tight as it's ever been. Um, pretty amazing uh, right now, Mark Arlo. Yeah, indeed. Well, stay with us, everybody, uh, on the Two Robbies Football Show. We'll look ahead to tomorrow's action. It's another big day. City against Chelsea. Brighton against Arsenal as well. So a preview of that all next on NBC Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Two Robbies Football Show on NBC Sports Radio. Arlo White here having a lot of fun stepping in for Robbie Earl alongside my... Uh, Friend and colleague, Robbie Musto, of course. Robbie, let's look ahead to tomorrow's games. We've got two of them, Brighton-Arsenal and uh, Manchester City against Chelsea. We're on air, NBCSN, 7.30 in the morning. Brighton-Arsenal kicks off at 8.30. Let's say, for example, that you're one of the thousands who thinks that Arsene Wenger, after a magnificent reign, should respectfully part ways with Arsenal Football Club in the summer. What is the best way for Arsenal Football Club to engineer this situation going forward? Well, it's a massive if uh, in terms of are they going to you know, get rid of Arsene Wenger in the summer. Get rid of it's a little bit harsh, actually, but make a switch. And I think the best way to do it, I think, of course, I think they should do it. I think the best way is announce it. Announce it ahead of time. Announce it, you know, even in the next few weeks, Arlo. So, you know what? This is going to happen. It gives all the fans, it gives all the media time to, like, you know what? Give them a break a little bit. We all know what's going to happen. It's a thing that the fans and maybe some of the players uh, want to happen. Uh, and, and I think we were just chatting in the break, Arlo, about it, and you, you made a good point. And also, the team and the club might come together in this Europa League run that can go maybe to the final and win it and that would be a really nice way for him they qualify to... for the Champions League if they yeah. did that what a time to uh, yeah. he's missed two opportunities to walk away on a high 2015 FA Cup win he stays last season was the natural point surely with his contracts running out that they win the FA Cup with a magnificent mm. performance he could have walked away with his head held high yeah. it feels 
different this season. It feels that, that pe- people's patience is running out. The, the idea that Josh Kroenke, the owner, uh, Stan Kroenke's son, is over for three months, almost to do an audit on the football club and the way yeah. it's run, that feels different. Mm. And it's just how they do it. And I agree with you, Robbie, because they, that would galvanise the team who've had a meeting behind closed doors this, yep. uh, this week, apparently, led by a senior player who broke down, according to a report in The Guardian, such was the, the emotion he felt when describing it. Um, but when you're the chairman that appointed you, Peter Hill Wood, who is an Arsenal legend, cut him and he bleeds, you know, red and white, says that Wenger has outstayed his welcome. Mm. I mean, that's just yeah. another another blow to uh, Arsene Wenger, who's, who wants to stay. Yeah, of course he does. Uh, and you think, even just of 2018, Arlo, Arsenal Football Club have lost to Nottingham Forest, Swansea, their great rivals Spurs, Ostersons in the Europa League, and they've lost to Man City twice, 3-0. So they've, they've, they've lost five of the last seven. Uh, longest run without a Premier League clean sheet for 16 years. It, it's got worse. Mm. And I think we are at a situation now where that the club and the board of directors have to take charge of the situation and make the change. Wenger won't like it, Arlo, with our suggestion about announcing it, but it, it really has to happen. Yeah, and Arsenal are 13 points off the top four, so victory imperative. But as we mentioned, most likely their route into the Champions League is through the Europa League. Uh, huge big six clash. Yep. Manchester City, Chelsea kicks off at 11am, NBCSN. Chelsea now five points outside the top four. Look, it's easy to say, I suppose, that Man City are going for the title here, Rob, and yeah. it's a big game for them. But is it a bigger game for Chelsea? It's a bigger game for them. I mean, I think you always expect a bit of a drop-off the season after being champions. Um, I, you know, what we've seen with Leicester, certainly the year before, is that when you're in that race, there is a, a euphoria, there's a belief that something special is happening, and it drives you through. Absolutely did that for Leicester City. I thought he did it last year, uh, Antonio Conte at Chelsea, that the players sense something special is happening. That, this season, is with Man City, and it's not with Chelsea. Added to that for Chelsea, you've made the team weaker by selling midfield player Nemanja Matic and bringing in uh, Bakayoko, who's been, has been awful, and also the strike situation, Diego Costa, Alvaro Morata. So with that loss of drive and the team being weaker, that's what you're seeing. But he's still a great manager, and he still has got a lot to prove, and he will want to finish in the top four, of course. Uh, our friend Carl Martino, I thought, made a really good point on the show today when he said that, when I asked him, you know, is it, is it Morata or Giroud? And he actually made the point that against similar opposition in Barcelona, yeah, they, yeah. Antonio Conte went with a false nine, Eden Hazard. Yeah. Is that something he could do he away could at the Etihad? absolutely do that again, because it meant Willian and Pedro Arlo are the wider players to make up basically a four. And that's what it was. It was five across the back and four across midfield. And Hazard isn't great at doing that protective part. So that would be the reason to do that. I just think against Man City uh, that when the ball is cleared, Giroud can hold it up better than Morata. He can hold it better than Hazard. And it might be a way of them getting out. Giroud deserves a chance now. They spent money on him. They brought him in. Morata, for me, is not durable enough Um and what we've seen so far, and and Giroud for me needs needs a chance to start, and then see what they can do with that. What what do you think? What what would you do in this in in terms of that front three? I think I might go along the Car Martino route with that because it works yeah. so well. And they link against Barcelona. Times they can link well yeah, together. Yeah. And, and Christensen, bar his mistake when they were one nil up, I think they'd be going to the to the new camp with a one nil lead. They're not. Just quickly on, on Manchester yeah. City, how impressed have you been? Particularly, Amazing. I mean, on Amazing. Wednesday Thursday night against yeah. Arsenal, and there was some sensational football wasn't there the, the, the goal the goals were stunning Arlo and the third goal I wish on our air we would have taken it back further 
because it was football from right in the defensive part, under pressure, one-twos combination play, and then they, they, they moved it all the way up to the park uh, to score a goal. It's stunning what he's doing right now. Uh, the young players improving. Uh, it's amazing. And that will be an amazing match tomorrow. So later game, Man City versus Chelsea. Absolutely fantastic. 11 a.m. NBCSN. Right, Arlo White, we have run out of time. I have to thank you very much, my friend. Robbie who? Robbie Earl? <laughs> no, who needs Robbie Earl? Stay so in thanks, Vegas. Thanks so much for, for stepping in today. Loved it. Thanks for asking me. Thanks, of course, to all our listeners, uh, letting us know your thoughts and opinions through social media. Our tweet of the day, this is all Robbie Earl stuff, by the way, he normally does all this. Tweet of the day goes to Nora Hassan, who talked about Liverpool, what they need, more depth, added midfield players, a keeper, centre-back, and a winger striker to give the front three a break. So Nora Hassan, send a direct message to at the two Robbies NBC with your name and address and we'll send a two Robbies scarf uh, to you straight away. Thanks as always to our friends at Culver City for their help in putting together the show. And of course, subscribe, download, get involved with the two Robbies podcast. There'll be another one landing, uh, landing on Monday to react from, of course, the big games on Sunday on Monday. Uh, two Robbies football show returns same time, same place next week, next Saturday. So until then, it's good night from me. And it's good night from me. Good, Good night. night. Spot on. Oh. Absolutely on the nose. Look at one count. Look what it does to Musto. Oh. One count. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.